What is going on, Diabetes Daily Hustle? Welcome to another episode of the Diabetes Hustle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. On today's episode, I interview Ben. Now, Ben is one of the people I also met at the Diabetes Music Video Shoot. Shout out to Chris, Glucose Revival on Instagram. And we met and connected, and he told me his story, and I was just blown away. I was like, man, I have to get your number. We got to connect. And I got to get you on the show because this man has been living with type 1 diabetes for, wait for it, 35 years. Think about that. That's three and a half decades. I've been having this disease for four years and it feels like 40. (laughs) His story is crazy. He's gone through major burnout to the point where he didn't even take insulin for a whole week and said, screw it. And this is a young age, you know, going through a lot. And I really wanted to interview Chris and being on my, you know, you guys are here for my podcast. I want to shine through every guest that I have. I want to really pick their brain and make them stand out to or get to what makes them stand out towards my other guests. And Ben, it was the aspect of diabetes burnout, how he got out of that dark place. What was that like? And what did he learn about himself? And what can he offer to other people and new projects he's doing and all that other good stuff. So I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. And just remember, you are here because you want to be inspired by other fellow type ones, other diabetics to take your diabetes to a whole nother level mentally and physically. Let's get into it. Okay, so I'm recording after right. so many tries of getting this on. My man, thank you so much for coming on the show. It truly means sure, a lot, uh, taking your time out. For the people at home, for the Diabetes Hustle podcast, just tell them who you are, how old you are, if you like, how long you've been living with type 1, and possibly you know what you do for a living. Sure, so Ben Matt's kind. Uh, I'm a project manager for uh, LA Care Health Plan up down here in uh, downtown LA. Uh, we have health benefits for the underprivileged of LA County, so the Medi-Cal and the Medicare members. Uh, I've been a type 1 diabetic for, it'll be 35 years in March. Dang. Uh, got it when I was 5, and I'll be 40 in March, so there's your math. <laughs> uh, 35 years. Uh, you look good for that age, man. 30. I did not expect that number, I swear. I'm not even trying to flatter you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell the people at home, how did we meet? How did we connect? It was, like, pretty fast. We exchanged numbers. Yeah, bro, man. Like, I got a... I was on uh, Instagram. I followed JDRFLA, and they told me about a uh, music video that was going on in LA. I was like, hell yeah, I need to a music video. Yeah. And so I emailed uh, Chris, and he's like, now oh, I got enough people. And then, like, the day before, he emails me and says, yeah, we need more people. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So Saturday morning, I rolled down to North Hollywood, and I met all you guys and just started chit chatting about diabetes and working out and. Yeah. Life and food, and yeah. you know, and then. You know, things happen, we change numbers, and now here we are chit-chatting about diabetes, it, 101 it, and 104. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, exactly, 104. It's like, it's crazy to me, and we'll get into this later, how much, like, we can connect, and, like, I, I genuinely mean this. It's, like, it's such a feeling when I get home after a meetup or, like, being around a lot of people, you know, in our community, and yeah. we just, we connected instantly. I saw your tattoo, and I don't if you want to get into that right now, I'm pretty sure you, it's something you're passionate about. Tell the people at home what is on your forearm or on your arm. Yeah, I actually have um, a tattoo that says diabetic type 1. And it's got the angel wings and a syringe yeah. and um, a big old snake. 
uh, going around the syringe. Yeah. And that was my first uh, tattoo that I ever got. You know, love it. You know, it's it's more of like. I like it, but it's more of like a medical bracelet. Because for me, I wore bracelets growing up, and they'd always fall off. You play soccer, you're oh, yeah. walking around, it falls off, you lose it, you got to order another one. Dude, this thing ain't going nowhere unless I'm in an accident and <laughs> my elbow down is chopped off. No, no, don't uh, say God forbid. me for life. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Like, I think about it, like, I like bracelets and, and necklaces, don't get me wrong. But the tattoo itself, like, I really like it. And personally, like, as a dude who doesn't have tattoos... If I were to ever get a tattoo, all my audience knows what it would be about. It would be something about diabetes. So I really love sure. that. Um, let's jump right into it, man. Because, like, you know, when we were on the phone, like, trying to get the Google Hangouts to work and it wasn't working, um, I like to interview guests on things they feel like they can bring value to the to the audience. You know, one, sure. you've had this disease for three and a half decades that's like you're a survivor in my opinion and uh no matter what a1c you have that's that's a champion in my eyes you know like and i and i really applaud you for that and people listening it's amazing so let's get into when you first got diagnosed take us back there damn bro i mean that's so long honestly i don't even remember being diagnosed um, all I know is that, you know, my mom would always say, yeah, you were losing too much weight. You were going to the bathroom all the time, wet in your bed all the time. Yeah. And, you know, so we went to the, to the doctor and they took tests and, yeah, I, became, I was a diabetic at five. I'm the only one in my family for generations that's got it. Um, but honestly, I can't. It's so long ago that I don't remember. I don't remember anything before diabetes and I don't remember anything you know, really of that, di- of the diagnosis, it's just really after di- after the diagnosis that I know everything is at five, you're like, uh, unless you got like some magnificent memory, you ain't remembering that shit. Right. Um, there's a big question that goes around in the community. Would you have, obviously we don't want to get preferred diagnosed at any age, but being right. you got diagnosed at five, what a, do you think it was like better for you? Or would you think for most people, like, it's a blessing they got diagnosed after 18 or, or like, life before diabetes? Um, you just don't know what it's like. What, what is your opinion and take on that? Yeah, I think for me, and really, I think it's better to know diabetes your whole life. Because if you get it 18, man, you have, like, that whole high school era with no diabetes, junior high you're just chilling, you're partying, you know, you're doing all that stuff that young kids do. You don't have to worry about your sugars or anything. And then you get it. And you're like, damn, yeah. Now I got to reverse my whole mentality, my whole life change, yeah. how I eat, how I exercise. You know, I got to check my blood multiple times a day. Yeah. You never had that before with me. I don't remember anything before it. So really me growing up has always been checking my blood, taking the shots, yeah. you know, watching my food, you know, growing up with like Halloween today, growing up, my mom would walk around to all the neighborhood neighbors and give them some can sugar free candy. So when I'd walk up, they'd give me the sugar free candy. So, you know, that's life to me, right? It's yeah. not anything different. It's I am a diabetic. I am. Yeah. I mean, I'm more than a diabetic, but I am a diabetic. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's really controversial. And regardless of the answer, what people think is better, um, I, I the way I see it is like I think it was better I got diagnosed at age 18 okay. but like you said you know being the person you are whether you're in high school you like to go to parties you play sports 
and then that hits you. You've never been like a person who schedules a routine. It's going to be hard for you to adjust. But as a person like me, in my mind state, I was already, I felt like I grew up way too fast, you know. Right. Never partied, never drank, you know. Right. It was very scheduled, my life. So when I got diagnosed, it was like, okay, give me the rule book. Give me the, blu- the blueprint, right. you know. But it really depends on the individual. Um and like, well, and there is no playbook. There is no rule book to diagnose. <laughs> right. just, just learn as much as possible. Just learn as much as you can, and <laughs> just kind of play with it. Yeah, you know, you have you have ups and downs and errors, and it's just trial yeah. by error. I mean, there is no playbook that any. I mean, my doctor is great, but honestly, I go to my doctor and I tell her How what I feel. I tell her what the issues mm-hmm. are. I tell her everything, and it's just like a it's just like a checkup to get prescription refills. <laughs> it's your plug, <laughs> man. That's what it is. That's what I call my endo. I'm like, yo, I need this, this, and that. I'll see you yeah. in like three months, <laughs> which is <laughs> don't not recommending. But, um, you know, like you so five years old, you got diagnosed. I, you know, I would love to like go back to like so many different things in your life. Um, get, let's take it. Let's jump forward a little bit. Okay. Sure. When we were talking, you told me you got to a really dark place with your diabetes. Yeah. Tell us the beginning of that and just, just take us back to that time. Yeah, so I was probably around 21, 21 or 22. So I'd already had diabetes for a good long time, like longer mm. than a lot of people on the Beyond Type 1 app that I'm sure you belong to or you've been alive for. I mean, I had it longer than them already. Wow. And just living with it, you know, I got tired. Just I wanted to be normal, right? You, mm. I mean, People say that having diabetes is bad and, you know, you, you've had it for a year or two and you want to be normal. But, man, you don't know what living with diabetes is like after one or two years. You need to wait until a decade, two decades, three decades, you know, living with diabetes. And I just got really burnt out, got tired of it. And one day I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm, I, I don't care what happens. I, I don't want to be a diabetic anymore. So I stopped taking my insulin. Uh, wasn't checking my blood, eating like crazy, you know, fat foods and good desserts and, right. you know, and then I started getting sick and one day I just started throwing up mad crazy out of it. You know, I'm driving my car at a stoplight, I have to open my door and just, you know, mm-hmm. out it comes and, you know, my roommate's like, what's going on? You know, he thought I was just sick, so he's giving me Pedialyte and I'm down in Pedialyte and, you know, my sister and my parents call me and they're like, you don't seem right. And then my sister luckily called uh, the paramedics. And when they got to my apartment, all I remember them doing is I hear knocking. I see them in the apartment. And the next thing I know, I'm in a hospital. Like a day later, I was in a coma with a 2,000 blood sugar. Oh, my goodness. So, like, yeah, you told me that dude. when we first met. And you said, I thought I heard a 1,000. And my ear went like, this guy's really funny. And I was like, what? he's like, no, I'm serious, a thousand. I'm like, so the hospitals, you know, the meters are that, you know, advanced. Yeah. Um, and you told me they took oxygen from your brain to help you stay alive. Am I right? Yeah. They ha- well, they had to withdraw fluids from around my brain. Right. Because it was so sw- it was swelling up with water, so they had to right. pull, they had to pull out or fluids out of my brain, and so yeah. I don't remember anything. And my parents were telling me that I was just yelling and I was hoarse when I woke up because I was just screaming like I was a maniac. Just They had to tie me down to the bed and oh my God. just some crazy shit. So, like, I really want to get deep into this part of your life. Like, I want when I say take us back, like, take us to, like, maybe there was one moment in your life where you were like, 
I'm done. Like, was it, you know, a certain things oh, sure. were building up and then you were like, it was a Friday night or you were at a party or tell us like, you know, as you were 21, right? I was about 21. Yeah. What, tell us like, what, were you in college in that time or no, what were you I doing? I actually didn't graduate college until uh, well after I should have because I was just right. didn't want to go to school anymore. So okay. I'm just working and working and working and working and, you know, you're working like two jobs and. Right making minimum wage and you're living on your own with a roommate it's hard you know sure. and i was just like it just got to me and i just i think i woke up one day and i was just like i mean the buildup of not being able to make money not going anywhere in life not having a girlfriend or a wife at the time you know was just like this is so effed up mm. and i I was almost like, I don't want to be here anymore, right? So right. it's almost like I was trying to commit suicide. Mm. I just thought I wasn't taking my insulin because I, I just didn't want to take it. But then after years and years afterwards, I was like, yeah, I think I tried to commit suicide mm. because I, I didn't want to be here anymore. I, wanted to, I thought I just wanted to be a normal person, but really, I think deep down, I just didn't want to be here anymore. So I just, that was it. And I, I wish I could tell you what it was, but I mean, it's been like another decade since that happened but yeah i think it really was just i was tired of it how many was, days did you go without like taking insulin a week, was it a week? okay and you, a week. during that week where you're just like i'm gonna and and, and I'm, I'm not saying this to like put you on the record it's like oh, right. i want other people to like not feel ashamed that they're like for me example like uh the past eight weeks i've been binge eating you know and i'm seeing therapy and whatnot and my audience okay. knows um but that question in that week where you like waking up and like i'm gonna eat whatever i want you know you'd go here go there and like what was going on in, the, in that process in the back of your brain like what were you thinking yeah i pretty much would wake up every morning and be like i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to go to work and so i go in like yeah i have to go in so i go into work and just eat whatever i wanted you know go to go to taco bell and get tons of burritos you know that are full of fat yeah. you shouldn't be taking you shouldn't be eating taco bell without your insulin you know with all that fat but did it anyways and yeah. you know and then i started getting as the week got on i started getting more tired and lethargic and lazy i just laid in bed and you know and then only being bad except when i had to go to work and just kept eating and eating and at, at one point it just clicked off and i was like I don't even care. I'm just going to eat, right? I mean, I knew when my roommate gave me Pedialyte that I shouldn't be drinking, but I was like, oh, this shit, I'm just going to down it. And I'm just downing, a, you know, like a liter of Pedialyte. Wow. Just downing it. And, and you know, that's only raising your blood sugar because of all the sugars in it, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it, 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 it's, 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 it's hard, right? Diabetics live a hard life, but... You know, if I could say one thing about that instance is it's never it's never too tough to not find therapy if you ever get, if you're getting to that point, right? Mm. You should find a therapist before you get to that point because I was lucky. God looked over me, and I'm not preaching or anything. No, of course. But you know, He looked over me and said, "You have a purpose still." And I came back to life, but I was in a coma for a day, and I could have died. Yeah. And I don't, and you don't want anybody to be in that situation where you yeah. are on the brink of dying and the doctor can't do anything. Yeah, 2000 is something like we've, you know, never heard of. And, um, my question, or actually I have this theory, Ben, that when we're burnt out from our diabetes, I'm not completely mm -hmm. right. It's just a theory. There's something else in our life that's bothering us. You know, like me right. the other day, I, I was stressed out about a ridiculous number and it was like, 
you know, my pre-workout was 143, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I already spike as it is, so I had a pre-bolus, walk to the gym, and I see 160, I'm like upset, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what is really bothering you? My question to you is, what do you think about that theory? Is it something else in your life that was, like, driving you nuts, you just didn't com- confront it, you didn't seek therapy, right. or you just weren't addressing it? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, you, I'm sure, you know, stress is the biggest thing that causes blood sugars to rise, right? So you're at 143 and you're like okay you know that's an okay number but i got um you know i'm gonna pre-bowl so you get to 160 well now your stress is kicking in because you're stressing over about am i gonna work out what am i gonna do am i gonna spike am i gonna spike Mm. and so for me it really was i was poor than poor i could have honestly been on medi-cal at that time in my life and i was not gonna i was not gonna that was growing up with my family always having money i was not gonna um, go to that that extreme, and I would rather live very very poor than go on medical. And there's nothing against medical. I think it's a great thing. I mean, that's most of our members, but you know, it's just like I was tired. Yeah. I don't want to be poor. Yeah. I mean, you have a. I had a place to live. I had a car. I had food on the table, but I still mentally was poor. Yeah. Because I couldn't do the fun things. I couldn't go to the movies. I couldn't go to the amusement parks. I, I wouldn't be able to take a girl out on a date because I had no money. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what pretty much got to me. I really like, I think that theory is something that always resonates with me. And I, and I always think about it in a sense, like, because I always think about it. I don't judge people who do drugs or whatever, because mm-hmm. I feel like I have my own issues. You know, I abuse food mm-hmm. as a coping mechanism. And I feel like we, as people living with diabetes, that a lot of us, you know, we love food and whatnot. And when we go through yeah. something and diabetes is stressing us and then something else, a lot of us, like I'm telling you, probably 80% of the audience knows exactly what I'm talking about. You go, you know, buy that food or whatever. Um, being in that place you were, what did mm-hmm. you learn about yourself? Because you were in like a pretty dark place, if I'm correct, you know, but yeah. you learned something about yourself very valuable that, you know, as a the wisdom you've carried on. What what was that maybe? Was there one or two things you can hand down to us? Yeah, I actually learned, well, so about a few months after I got out of that situation, I actually met the girl who I'm now married to for 10 years. Wow, that's amazing. And yeah, and so I learned that I have a, I have a place on this earth that I needed to, a mission almost, that I had to, take care of you know in my life and i learned that you can't mess with um diabetes you can't mess with your body you know you gotta take care of yourself and i went on a strict regime of checking my blood 10 times a day i mean i went on the sensor and i still check my blood like 10 times a day i actually think of it as a game where i want to you know i'm going to compare the cgm yeah (laughs) i can see how close i can get right you you hear people like oh my god i'm 50 points off who cares you're 50 points off that's either telling you you need to check it's telling you to check your blood because it thinks you're high (laughs) yeah or telling you to check your blood because it thinks you're low and it's doing you a favor (laughs) yeah right exactly (laughs) so i think it was a a game but um yeah i think truly i learned that um i needed to and even today ever since going to that to the music video i learned that i need to be a, an advocate of diabetes and i'm doing, working on a lot of stuff we can go on into later but i learned that you are put here on this earth for a reason don't try to shorten it there are people that can help and you need to be that 100 percent what you want to be 
And yes, you might be a diabetic, but you are not defined as a diabetic. You're defined by who you are internally, mentally, vocally, and diabetes is just a hitch, right, that you have or a, a stigma that you have, but you are not defined by diabetes. Now, yeah, my wife told me the other day, yeah, you are not, you are a diabetic, but you're not a diabetic because I have my tattoo and I'm talking about, you know, posting stuff on Instagram about my diabetes and this and this, and I want to, and I'm starting an app and I'm doing a, a non, I want to do a nonprofit and I want to get another tattoo that says diabetic warrior on each, on each, ta- on each, you know, diabetic dope. on one arm and yeah. warrior on the other tricep. That's and, awesome. You know, it's like, but you're not a diabetic, but I am a diabetic. That is who I am. As long as you don't live under a shell that you are only a diabetic. Yeah, I, I really love that. I think about it in a sense of like, you're not letting diabetes define you. You define it how you exactly. live with it. And the way you're doing it is you're an advocate, you're an inspiration. And we really appreciate that, man. Um, let, let me go through my list of questions. And one yeah. of them was, okay, so we, so we knocked down a lot about, you know, what did you get out of that? Did you feel like you filled a void you know, maybe meeting your girlfriend at the time, or which is your wife now. What was there other things that like clicked for you that was like, you know, what I feel like I'm. I feel much more empowered to manage my disease. Yeah, I felt more more capable of. You know, it was like a wake me up call, right? Like I always, I hear people always saying, "Oh, my son or daughter's diabetic is not taking care of themselves," and I tell them, you know what? They need a wake up call. Mm. Every diabetic needs a wake up call. Mm to finally realize that they need to take care of their shit or they're going to die. And that was my wake-up call. I thought, you know what? I have a second chance. I need to check my blood. I need to take my insulin. I met my, my, my wife at the time. I thought, okay, here's something I need to take care of. If I was dead, who knows who she would meet? Would she meet somebody who's as good as me? You know, just mm. things like that were always running around in my head at the time. And even today, I'm like, you know what? I am glad that I'm still alive because now I'm taking care of her. We own a home. We have cars. You know, we have dogs and it's like, you know what, we, I have a life, a better life now than I had before. And it's because of that kick in the butt of going in the coma and just t- nose diving in life. Yeah. And you rise like a phoenix. You're right. Like there's a song by um, Godsmack. It's like, um, the le- right. We, it's like, uh, we are legend or be legend, leg- legendary. Right. So it's talking about, you know, the ashes falling and the sun is rising and we are a legend and no one's a legend in the right. Everyone's a legend in the right mind, but when you when you get to that deep point, you are a true legend if you can come right back out and stronger than ever. Yeah, I I love it, man. I, I'm like you know to to fast forward. Um, now you are on a Medtronic, if I'm correct. I am currently on a Medtronic pump. Right, um, and then coming I've been up, on a Medtronic pump for ten years. Ten years, wow. Okay, and then coming yeah. up, what what's uh, what's coming to your house really soon? <laughs> yeah, so in about three to five days, I'm switching to the Omnipod. Okay, you know, I've heard so much good stuff about Pod it. Pod gang, what's up, man? <laughs> Come join the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, get what the do you want? Get the Dexcom. We are going. We're going futuristic. <laughs> there you go, man. You're you're a full robot. You are now blessed. <laughs> what are you? Um, is there anything you're thinking about the Omnipod? Are you looking forward to it? What made you made the switch? Yeah, um, so I like that it's tubeless. I wanted to give that a try. You know, honestly, when I'm at work and you know, you have to tuck in your pants, you gotta make sure that tube is in you know is in your pants right. And I don't want to be all graphic because you got female listeners, so I won't. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the tubeless is good. Yeah. Um, 
you know, actually the Medtronic pump that I'm on right now, the 670G with the sensor, when you go on auto mode, you have to, every once in a while, you have to, you have to enter a blood sugar in if you, if it's staying, if it's raising or lowering your basal rates too long, you have to re-enter a blood sugar to make sure you're at a right level. Hmm. And it would ask me like three times in a row or two times in a row. And then 20 minutes later, it asked me again. And I'm like, what is this? I just put it in and I just calibrated. So that was actually a stupid burnout, but it was something that made me think I'm going to try something different because, you know, I'm around all these, you know, you have the Dexcom and, and, uh, um, uh, Badass, what's his name? I oh, Colt. Colt. Yeah. Colt has the Dexcom, and yeah. you know, um, Sage has the uh, the Medtronic, which is cool. But all these people have Dexcom. All these people have Omnipod. I was like, you know what? I need to just try it. It's not going to hurt to try. I can keep my Medtronic and there jump back go. if I want to. Yeah, that that's what made me made the switch too. It was like, you never know till you try. Of course, I tried the Omnipod, but you know, being um, four years later, diabetes, it's a much different ball game. Oh yeah. Um, so. I think, uh, you know, I discussed this with new people that are newly diagnosed. Okay. I, I think anywhere from your first day, obviously, to even six years of diabetes, in my mm-hmm. opinion, is baby years. What is your right. take on that? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to say. I mean, 35 years is a long time. I feel like I'm a grandpa. And I actually just yesterday saw a guy on Beyond Type 1 app, the Beyond Type 1 app that's had it for 40 years. Wow. I was like, oh, my God. People have it for 50 years? Yeah. I thought I was a grandpa at this game, and I'm really <laughs> only just, like, barely hitting the hill at this point. And, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> and you look young as shit. You don't look like you've had it that long. I'm telling you, man, for <laughs> Thanks, real. Thanks, <laughs> I think it's your uh, hip, yeah. it's your hip, uh way of talking us like i feel like i'm not talking to somebody who's way older than me <laughs> <laughs> it's the youngness in me right <laughs> yeah keep that inner child um, man <laughs> but I, I i definitely would say like your first 10 years is your learning curve for sure because and that's a long time up, too huh? and that's a long time too right that's a long time yeah. but there's so much you can learn i mean i'm still learning stuff from other people that like the other, I never heard of di- I never heard of diabulimia. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I have. It's a I think I an eating disorder, that. right? It's an eating disorder. No, it's not. It's an eating disorder, but it's a diabetes disorder. Apparently, yeah. what you do is you stop taking insulin, and you like so throw you can up, lose right? weight. Yeah, but you don't. But you lose the weight because your blood sugars are always sky oh, high. Right, right, right. Yeah. And when you have sky high sugars, you start losing the weight. Yeah, and they so throw up too. Hurting I yourself think. twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's in it's it's uh. It's definitely something not lightly uh, taken lightly, you know, and, that, and no, that's the not. and that's the whole point of my show, you know, just talking about the mental aspect. Um, and y- you know, I'm I'm convinced you're gonna agree with me. This diabetes game, I love calling it the game, like it's a hip hop yeah. game or something <laughs> or a business. Um, it's like a, it, it's so much of a mental game because for me, that's you know, right. when I'm in that mind state of binge eating, I know what I'm doing is wrong. And yep. I know what I need to do to get my, my ish together. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need to do X, Y, and Z. It's just a matter yep. of stepping up. It's such a mental game. But um, my second theory, <laughs> I have a lot of theories, obviously. <laughs> I can't say facts because I'm too young and whatnot. <laughs> but I have you'll get re- those facts one day. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Uh, uh, you'll co-sign me. Um, <laughs> is My theory is when we look outside the realm of just blood sugar, insulin, and carbs, you know, I see so much people that have diabetes for so long and their focus is just that. And there's some people that are in the fitness industry with type one or their instructors, they look Mm -hmm. outside the realm. They start looking at 
calories. They start looking at other uh, hormones in the body. They start looking at how they're progressing in the gym and lifts. Yep. Do you feel like that's important? Like, what do you? What's your take on that? Oh yeah, I mean, so you saw me a couple like last month, right? We saw you for the last month. Well, actually, about six months ago, I was at about two hundred and seven pounds. Wow. Okay. I was over two hundred pounds and. I was taking a lot of insulin because the more you weigh, the more insulin you take, unless right. it's all muscle, unless it's sure. more muscle, because fat requires more insulin, and you know that whole game. Mm. And so I actually got on this great app that I recommend to anybody who wants to lose weight, and I counted my calories. Okay. And you count your calories, you track your food. My fitness pal? It, no, I actually use Lose It. Oh, okay. I never heard of that. App. Cool. Yeah. So what that one is, is you uh, put in your height, weight, age, your... Your, and then your goal weight, and it tells you how much food you should eat per day, and then it gives you a um, an estimate of when you're going to reach that goal, mm. and or you put the goal in, the goal date in, and it tells you how many calories you. Eat, and you put your food in the app, and it adds up the calories, and it subtracts it from your total, so you can keep track daily mm. and meal wise how much you eat. And mm. I started doing that. And I dropped forty pounds. Good and, for you, man. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks. You know, and, you know, exercise is important. And I think I forgot your question. <laughs> no, no, you, you're you're hitting right on it. It's more of like, a, I feel like the pieces come together when we, like, because I see a lot of people, they dismiss fat, they dismiss protein, they dismiss, yeah. you know, how many steps they're taking, their activity, right. their basal, according to their activity. Because, right. like, the advice type twos get, I'm always keeping my ear to them because there's always something I can learn. Their advice right. is... You know, it's health as a whole. Diabetes affects our hearts, our kidneys, our eyes. So it's important that we learn about the human body versus just, oh, my blood sugar's, you know, 110. I'm good. Like, everything yeah. else is fine. I don't care about my cholesterol. I don't, my A1Cs, all that matters. You know, of course, right. A1C is crucial. Um, but, you know, being that you're such a vet, I'm sure that's something that, you know, you've you've counter encountered and, and you're trying to progress in that, that sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, my, actually, my cholesterol is... My doctor tells me all the time is that my cholesterol is, is great for a non-diabetic, but as a diabetic, it's a little too high. Right. And so, you know, and, okay. and you have to be careful when you go on cholesterol medications because then your liver could get jacked up. And, and so it's either do you live with a messed up liver, which you don't want to do, or do you live with a little high cholesterol that's still normal for for a human being? It's just a little too high for a diabetic. And so you just watch what you eat, you exercise, and... You know, you got to watch your uh, calorie intake, your protein. I mean, you eat too much protein, it's going to be bad on the liver. It's mm. going to be bad on the kidneys. Right, and sure. right. So. Um, my, uh, my closing off on my questions, I like asking this to my guests. I don't know if you remember this, right. the other guests. What do you take pride in about your diabetes, small or big, whatever you like, that you can hand down to the audience you want to give to them? Uh, I would say... Don't let diabetes own you. You own it. Mm. You tell your diet, your blood sugar what to be by what you eat, how mm. much insulin you take. You can control your carb ratio. If you're going high or low for three or four days, you need to adjust either your carb ratio or your basal. And what I always do for myself is if it's more than three hours, it's a basal issue. If it's less than three hours, it's a carb ratio. You don't need to wait three months for your doctor to tell you that, and you have an A1C, a high A1C, or you're feeling mm. like crap all day. You just, right. you know, you just 
do that. You met, you own the diabetes. You are the master. You are a warrior. And I always say in my Instagram posts, I am a diabetic warrior because I am a diabetic warrior and I own this stuff. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not a hindrance to be a diabetic. It's a godsend to me because, like you said, you learn more about your body. Uh, you become more health health oriented, mm. and that's that's it. Just don't let don't go in daily thinking that diabetes owns you. You own it, and yeah. just remember that because you control how the diabetes works. Yeah, as long as you're healthy, as long as you manage your sugars right, you will not have any issues. Um, I didn't tell you this, but so I've had diabetes for thirty five years, and I actually found out at my last eye exam that I have a moderate um, retinopathy which is my only issue that I have out of my diabetes of 35 years. And it even, and it doesn't even affect my vision and my, my prescription is the same as it's been the last five to seven years. So, um, mm. things will happen as you progress with diabetes, but you can prevent the big stuff as long as you own the diabetes. Mm. So powerful. So powerful. Ben, mm. we are truly grateful to have you on the show. I am grateful I love you, Thanks. man. Thank you so much for coming on love the show. Love you too, Ollie. My man. Um, please plug them. You know, where can they find you? Where do you want them to find you? Projects you want them to hear about? Yeah, so real quick, um, you can find me uh, on Instagram at T1D underscore advocate. Uh, I post a lot of stuff about diabetes. I'm starting to do workout stuff again. Just, you know, stuff, take self selfies and stuff. It's not all diabetes related, but a lot of it is because that's mm. where my focus is now. Uh, I'm looking into starting a, a nonprofit in the next uh, year or so where um, my nonprofit will pay for diabetes supplies or insulin for people who are having issues for that month or two months where they can't afford it. They would just come to the nonprofit and we would pay for their prescription so they don't have to, you know, steal from their syringes or, you know, someone, their father or someone who's on Medicare. You know, mm. it's, it's hard to, so, to afford the, di- the supplies, but that's something I'm working on. And I'm working on a, an app for people who are on syringes still. Uh, so I'm working on an app for that. Uh, and once I uh, once it goes live in the app store, I'll definitely give you a holler. We'll go over that. Please, man. That'd be awesome. So you have a, a I'm sorry, the fundraiser for JDRF. Can you talk about that for a bit? Yeah. So I'm doing a fundraiser with JDRF and uh, Firehouse Subs. So, um, Fire Subs, I love them. I go there all the time. Oh, wait, we, that was the restaurant that was right next across to the, the, street. the music video yep. shoot. Okay, yep. I, ate, I ate there. I had a salad there. It was pretty good. Yeah, so I'm doing a fundraiser with them, and actually, it's going to be the Simi Valley store and that North Hollywood store. Wow. Um, they're going to do a fundraiser where um, if you bring in a flyer that, I'm gonna, that I've am gonna created with JDRF, they will donate 20% to JDRF of every Word. purchase. That's awesome, man. I, I love hearing that. It's like... It goes a long way, Ben, for real. It man. does. Yeah. So um, I'm going to have them put the the uh, flyer on their, their website. And any, of your, any of your people in uh, North Hollywood area, L.A., Ventura County, just print it out, bring it in. Let's Dope. get 20% of every purchase to JDRF. Dude, that's amazing, my man. Diabetes Hustle Podcast, calling the peace out. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> 
that was the episode guys thank you so much for tuning in as always if you guys enjoyed this episode i would really appreciate it if you guys shared this episode through instagram stories as you know the diabetic community is popping on instagram so do your best to share it tell friends about it if you really enjoy this um and rate this on itunes and you know my message or my takeaway from ben and, and other people i've interviewed on this subject is sometimes it isn't diabetes that's the thing that's bothering us it's something else in our life and the other part of that is diabetes is no different than any other principle in life you know all the success principles we know the mumbo jumbo if you're a guy like me that did a lot of quote-unquote self-help stuff which is kind of a negative connotation you know with patience and learning and having mentors and doing therapy and all that stuff is, is required for diabetes management And um, that's it, guys. So thank you so much for watching or listening. (laughs) I'll see you guys soon. Goodbye.